Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Ho, ho, ho to all Who our listeners. Ho? <laughs> Happy uh, time between Halloween and Thanksgiving. Sorry, I'm a little muddled as we start out this, our second entry in our new series, In Theaters Now. Incidentally, welcome to Max Mike Movies, where Max and Mike talk about movies. Keep it raining in there, boy. Hold on there, Cindy Lou. Uh, (laughs) Basically, this series, Mike and I discuss a movie that just opened this weekend. Uh, I just saw it today. Mike just saw it yesterday. The movie that was chosen, I'm afraid, by me this week is the Illumination Studios remake of the Dr. Seuss classic, The Grinch. Now, they did not call it How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it's just The Grinch. No, I don't know why they chose to release a movie that is very, very much about Christmas two weeks before Thanksgiving, but this is the studio that brought us the Minions, so don't look for logic. Uh, I'm Max, one of your holly jolly hosts. And I'm Mike, the lesser, less holly, less jolly host. In other words, ending in Ollie. <laughs> so, the plot. The show. Well, you see, every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Oh, don't ask me why. No one quite knows the reason. I mean, really, I that's. If you don't know the plot to Doctor the Doctor Seuss story, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, well, that just makes me sad, okay? Read me a story, Max. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Grinch, a, myster- a strange green-furred creature, lives off by himself at the top of a mountain, hates Christmas, has declared a war on Christmas, insists everyone say happy holidays... They should yep. be boiled in their own puddings. Yep, doesn't like the co- the color of the cups at Starbucks at this time of year. The whole thing. Boo and, his. Yeah, and the, the Who's, who live in Whoville, they just love them some Christmas. And uh, he decides to steal Christmas. He decides that if he steals all of the paraphernalia and the presents, it will ruin Christmas. Does it? Oh, for God's sake, you know it doesn't! <laughs> Sorry. Was there a doctor? I wanted to know if there was a Doctor Who. <laughs> there, <laughs> No, they're just a Dr. Seuss. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, I have to give them props for nobody has so far tried to pull that joke, a Mm. Dr. Who. I did, but in Mm. the theater. (laughs) Now, the the major voice actors are playing the Grinch is Pickle Stick Bandersnatch. Uh, Reread your notes. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Slap, Slapple Stick Finneybutch? Try again. Damn it. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. Benedict Cumberbatch. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the Are you cla- a Cumberbitch? <laughs> I am not a Cumberbitch. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and of course, the classic character Donna, who is voiced by Rashida Jones. Ah. Yes. Well, if you, it, she's probably best known for being in the office. We know her best as discussed in Inside Out. Ah. Mm-hmm. The narrator taking over duties for Boris Karloff. Is you know the natural follow-up to Boris Karloff, Pharrell Will- Williams. Uh, he's as Karloffian as you can get these days. Mm. He does. Uh, I'll, I'll jump ahead. He actually does a decent job, but you know, 
Boris Karloff, man. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in a in a role that will surprise you, we have Angela Lansbury. As the teapot? No, no, no. That would be more fun. As uh, Mayor McGurkle, who has, I think, two lines and vanishes for all time. Ah. Uh. And, and the only other sort of name is Mr. Bricklebaum. That, that's not the name. Don't start clutching your memories trying to remember. Oh, yeah, Bricklebaum. He was in that movie with Kevin Spacey. Uh, no, it's Keenan Thompson, best known for Saturday Night Live and... Um, who? Bill? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much Saturday Night Live and... Oh, yeah, he, had, he was on the show Keenan and Kel. But anyway. Ah. Yeah. Ah. That's all my notes say this week. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I do have a little trivia. There is very little in this movie about trivia there's very little trivia at least Ooh. released now ah. but, but there's some Ooh. Uh, yeah yeah the, the it was originally this film was supposed to be released this time last year oops but it, yeah well it was moved to november 8 2018 presumably to avoid competition with sony animations the star oh yeah which we all remember and i'm sure all went and saw many times and I think it's about a star. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I yeah. Yeah. Okay. This Ooh, is a, ah. Yeah. <laughs> this is also Illuminate, Illumination Entertainment's second Dr. Seuss film, following oh boy, 2012's The Lorax, which Did, was that hmm? uh, um, Danny DeVito. Yes, it was. Ah. Danny, ah. <laughs> Danny DeVito, Taylor Swift, and Zac Efron. Three names everyone thinks of together. I want to see that stage show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The Lorax, which is probably best known as one of the most hypocritical Seuss adaptations ever. In that didn't, it's, hmm? didn't see it. Why was it hypocritical? Because, well, well it has not, I didn't see it either. But it had nothing to do with the movie. The movie, this is another adaptation of a wonderful animated piece back from the 60s or 70s and the message there is environmentalism and they try to talk about that in the movie while at the same time at the ad campaigns were all of these things for cars and fast food <laughs> and for all I know nuclear power plants all this incredibly non-environmental crap all of which is delicious yeah yeah it was massive commercial I remember out. the Lorax. The Lorax was like a book that actually depressed me as a child because yeah. it's really, really sad. It's very sad and it's very well done and the animated version of it is really good. Well, but you mean the, the, the earlier. The early animated. one. The one that was, I think, might have even been done by uh, Chuck Jones again. Mm. The way who did the animation for the original 1966 How mm. the Grinch Stole Christmas. And oh, will we be getting to that? Oh, yes. A uh, couple of... I don't know if... The, there were one or two things I consider sort of Easter eggs. Ooh. Uh, yeah, one... Well, there are a couple. The Grinch's alarm clock wakes him up with Pharrell Williams' song, Happy. Ha, 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 yes, get yes, it? because ha, he ha, does ha, the song. Ha, 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 and yeah. uh, one of the... Now, I think... This is the Easter egg I read about. I think they got this wrong. The uh, IMDB said that uh, one of the cereals the Grinch eats is called Atomic Sugar Bombs. They say this is a reference to Dash's favorite cereal from Incredibles 2, Sugar Bombs. But we all know where this really comes from. It's Calvin and Hobbes, whose favorite cereal was, of course... Chocolate. Frosted. Frosted Sugar Bombs. Yeah. So clearly that's what the reference is to. <laughs> and anything else is wrong. 
There. We have proven IMDb wrong. Yep. It's like Wikipedia. They think they're right about everything. Yep, exactly. And uh, there's one I... Now, there may have been other Dr. Seuss references that I missed. I saw... I caught one. Me too. That I think was... Oh, I wonder if it's the same one. At one point, Cindy Lou, who is leaving the house, and you hear a voice call out to her, Morning, Cindy Lou. She responds with, Morning, Mr. Cubbins. Well, they call him Bartholomew more than once. Oh, they do? I didn't yes, catch they that. Do. Okay, However, so yeah. mm-hmm. he's missing a certain, oh, 499 hats. <laughs> or, yes, and he also doesn't seem to have any oobleck with him. Oh, good. Yeah. Mm. Yes, Bartholomew Cubbins is a, is a Seuss character who shows up in, a, a, to the best of my knowledge, two books, might be more. Yeah. yeah and uh, as far as trivia goes, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got. So that means we can talk about the movie now. We can indeed. The Lowdown. All right, I'm going to, before we get too far into this, and mm-hmm. I don't know what Max thought because we, we specifically do not talk nope. about the film to each other before we record the show, but because, I'm going to say... Because we care. <laughs> about something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that if you have seen this film and are a fan of this film or you are dearly, joyously looking forward to this film, you might skip to next week's episode, which we haven't even recorded yet because I think... And I said, I don't know, but I think Max and I are about to have a little fun. Possibly. Uh, I don't think I hated it as much as you did. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Well, the, one question. Did this movie have to be made? That's the big question. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go out on a very short, very steady limb and mm. say no. Yeah, I got to agree with that. The 1966 version is brilliant and it is rightfully a classic. And it is 26 minutes long. Yep. Why you know do you, you need to stretch it to 90? And I knew that they were going to do that because I knew the film wasn't an hour and a half long. Yeah. And I thought, what are they going to pad this film with? I, you know, one thing did happen. Admittedly, it wasn't horribly long. But I was like, oh, what are one of two things you're likely to pad a film with? Either trade negotiations or what we actually <laughs> pod got. Racing. Pod racing. <laughs> no, no. So, what you get also is backstory. Oh. Now, let's be fair here. There is we Must also have we? To, we have to talk about the fuzzy green elephant in the room, and that is 2000's uh, version of The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Directed, now, you promised me that actually didn't happen. I, uh, I think <laughs> you we said. Have, I think we have to pretend. We have to uh, accept reality. And it was directed by Ron Howard. It had a remarkable really? cast. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sure Clint Ooh. is in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> maybe he's the Ooblack. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, Steven Spielberg, as we have noted in the last past mm. two weeks, uh, did Ready Player One. So yes, yes he you know. did. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was his fault. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, and that one, the backstory for the Grinch. I didn't watch the whole movie. I just couldn't. Yeah, it was just what? one of those ones. And I got to say, whatever else, this one is better than the pieces I saw of the Jim Carrey one. This one is much better. It didn't make doesn't make me cringe whenever I see scenes from it. Oh, high praise indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what what about the Jim Carrey one? The pieces you saw. What was what was the backstory there? Cause, oh you know. well, he he was again a, a little boy growing up, and everyone made fun of him because he was green and hairy. Although it's never explained why he's green and hairy. And people are mean to him and jerk. And I, it goes on a long time. And I have to say, while they do give him some backstory here, 
It's just that he was an orphan and was miserable at Christmas because everyone else was happy. And they spend about two or three minutes on it, and that's it. And there's little flashbacks now and then, but they <laughs> don't. They don't really go. They don't drag the film down with it. Yeah, but the scene, the scenes where they show him in the orphanage looking at the other kids and being sad and mad, I kept waiting for a voiceover to go, my parents are dead. <laughs> That's it. Why didn't he become Batman or Batgrinch? I don't know. Yeah, so, okay. Backstory. Oh my God, wait. He lives alone in a huge cave. He has cool vehicles and he is Batman. I told you. Oh my god! I never saw, this is a whole different. Jen, don't forget the fabric softener. Uh, Max, swear to me. Um, yeah. So this backstory, because we these days we feel the need to explain things. Yeah. Midichlorians, uh, <laughs> and I don't know why. Now here's the thing: they've got this backstory. The Grinch was a, a an orphan. Um, I thought the whole point of the Who's was they were a very happy people. Mm-hmm. Why is there an orphanage in Whoville? Not to mention the fact, you see the way the orphanage looks? All it the looks other like build- something out of a Tim Burton movie. It does. It's this huge, <laughs> looming, dark, gray stone edifice. Well, uh, surrounded by brightly colored, friendly looking buildings. <laughs> Apparently, the Who's hate orphans. That's the yeah. only thing I can figure and again, we don't discuss the green because, you know, whatever. I actually kind of like the fact nobody says anything about the fact that he's green and furry and no one else is. Well, the Who's, if you look at, if when you got close to them, they actually were all kind of like velvety. Like yeah, even without they're... facial, even Cindy Lou was kind of velvety, which was cool. And yeah. I want, before we go any further about bashing this film, because I think we're going to, mm-hmm. I want to say it looks really good. Yeah, they did a it's great gorgeous. job. Yeah, nice art design. Um, Really nice rendering of textures and mm-hmm. colors. I don't think that they went nearly as far as Maurice Noble did in the original one. And I gotta mm-hmm. say, when I came home from it Thursday night, the first thing I did was rent the original one because uh. I needed to see it. And I'm like, wait, I remember this was a half an hour, wasn't it? They got this all told in in a half an hour or yeah, less. Less. And yeah. I went and watched. Well, you know, because they had to have space for Dolly Madison cakes. <laughs> Um, but Madison. wait, I thought that you... was only on the peanuts on the uh, no, Charlie Brown specials. Did they do the Grinch? I think they did. But here's okay. the thing: mm-hmm. you and I will both remember being incredibly frustrated because there were no Dolly Madison no, cakes in New they England. They looked so good in the ads, and they weren't in the stores. <laughs> no, and it's like, stop showing us this. We can't have it. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I, 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 I go checked. Back, I want to go back to the backstory oh, for a second. I'm not done. I'm not. Oh, gonna, sorry, I'm not done. That's sorry. okay. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched the original mm. just to be sure. And Maurice Noble is a name that has been connected with Chuck Jones and with the latter, I'd say, late 50, late forties, early fifties Warner Brothers cartoons. And he is most noted for some of the, the the Bugs Bunny cartoons that people really glom onto his classics, like yeah. What's Opera Doc. He did the art direction for that. Uh. And Mar- Maurice no- Noble does some amazing things with color. And when I was watching The Grinch again, I was particularly noting that the next the morning uh, of Christmas, when The Grinch comes out, there is not a color white to be found. The snow is actually pink, mm. and all of the shadows are this blue color, and it's just amazing stuff going on with the colors there. And considering how many colors are actually in this film, which is a lot, they don't really 
take anything to that kind of level. They just like, well, you know, there's red and green and then Christmas lights are Christmas light colors, but they don't really push anything, which is too bad because otherwise it's rendered nicely, great character design. Um, visually, there was nothing I didn't like. I thought it mm -hmm. all looked really good. Yeah. Um, including everyone's favorite character, everyone's most beloved character, Fred the Reindeer. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, get to, <laughs> we'll get to Fred. Let's let's go back to where Max wanted yeah. to go. The the backstory, you know, okay, I understand them wanting to do it, but if you again, if you've watched the classic, do you know what the backstory? They they it's trying to explain why he hates Christmas. He's mean in the book and in this. It's it might have been because was his shoes were too tight. It might be his head wasn't screwed on quite right. But I think the reason, most likely of all. Was the Grinch's small heart was three was two sizes too small, and then that's it moves all on. you need. Then it just moves <laughs> on. Whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's, and that's it. It's like eight seconds in the book. In the book, it's like two four lines, and it sums it up well. And you don't really need any more. So again, I am glad they didn't go crazy on the backstory, and we didn't see like Mister and Mrs. Grinch abusing him, or you know, <laughs> he smoke his parents smoked who crack or something. <laughs> you know, there's quite a price on who crack on the market right now. Uh, it's an upswing. No, the other, the problem I have though, and I can actually continue to point a heavier finger, is that they provide this backstory, and then. With the exception of kind of one scene, the Grinch isn't mean. He's not nasty. He's just kind of cranky and depressed. Mm. Because he, a lot of times when he does something kind of Grinchy, he then apologizes for it. I thought he was Canadian. Um, <laughs> except this one scene, like when he goes into the supermarket, because they make the Grinch go in to buy groceries. Like that needed to happen. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've run out of food. I guess we'll have to go into town. It's like, uh, okay. Okay, so they go into town and he goes into a supermarket and there is a one in the entire film, one actually wonderful Grinchy scene. And he goes up to this shelf and there's a woman reaching for something and he comes by and he goes, oh, what's this? And he takes it away from her grasp. She can't quite reach it. And he looks at it and she says, oh, excuse me, are you getting that? And he goes, no. He puts it back on the shelf halfway, walks down the aisle, smacks into the shelf, and knocks it under the ground so it breaks. And it's like, <laughs> that is the Grinch. Well, there's a couple of others, though. When the kid's making the snowman, he takes the carrot away and uses it to knock the uh, head off. Yes. When he's in the grocery store and he steals a jar of pickles from someone's basket, <laughs> half eats one of them, spits it back in the jar, and puts it in someone else's basket. Come on, that's very Grinchy. But that's it! Yeah. Otherwise, whenever he sees, like, you know, he, the other characters and stuff, he kind of is like, oh, I mean, oh, geez, yeah, uh, I'm conflicted now. Grr. And he even has already, before he's had his, his the denouement, yeah. the thing that will change his life forever, we yes. know because he, there's no other time for him to have done this, he bought Max a present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at some point uh -huh. he must have. I have to admit, I kind of like his relation, the, the Grinch and Max relationship more in this version than in the original. Because in the original, it doesn't make any sense. Well, if it, he is so awful, and he is so isolated and so solitary, why does he have a dog? I think it's because he needs somebody to be mean to. And that but doesn't Max, sing at him. But Max <laughs> adores him. He's That's because he's a dog. Like, it's what dogs do. 
but dogs are treated badly. They they behave differently. And this you could it you understand why Max likes him because he's actually kind to Max and he appreciates him. But that makes him not the Grinch. It does make him a lot less Grinchy. In the original, the Grinch is almost an elemental force. I mean, as I say, they, they, he doesn't have backstory. He doesn't even really have a name. So no. he doesn't have a have a last name. I was really afraid they were going to say yes. Oh, please call me Bob. <laughs> Bob Grinch. B- Bob Bob G. Grinch or something. Bethezelfoot. That's his name. Bethezelfoot <laughs> yeah. J. Grinch. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I don't have a problem with him and Max in the original one. He was the foil for the Grinch. He was the, the com- comedy relief. Um, <laughs> put down that comedy relief! <laughs> um, I... It's fine, and I don't need I don't need to, to delve into the psychology of anybody anybody. Um, there's actually, if you remember, there's only two actual speaking parts in the original Grinch, and that is the yeah. Grinch and, and Cindy, Cindy Lou. Lou. Yeah, and nobody she, else has a line, and she except for the song, and she has mm-hmm. and she 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 says one thing, and then he sends mm-hmm. her off. Um, I also had to note that I thought it was very interesting that, to the best of my knowledge, the only Brit in the entire cast did an American mm-hmm. accent, which is interesting because the only Brit in the previous version, the good version, did his regular British accent, and everything mm-hmm. was fine. We didn't care. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent is interesting. Well, we've heard this in Doctor Who, although... Sli- oh, I'm um, not Doctor Who, Doctor Strange. Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's intermittent, but I'll say this time, I actually found his voice rather annoying. Huh. It was kind of nasal and whiny, and it's like, yeah, I, like bit. you, I, it's like, um, Boris Karloff, can we have Boris, please? <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, or nobody's, that, got, nobody's got a voice like Boris Karloff, it was so gorgeous. That deep, sonorous voice, it's like, what we, we want that. And this is leading to another big thing that I had a major issue with. Mm-hmm. They ruined the goddamn song. Yes, they did. The they, way they did, that, that song, which, what was his name? It was Thurl Ravenscroft. Who was also at one point the voice of Tony the Tiger, wasn't he? he mostly he was voice yeah. of... He was ah. doing Tony up until I think through the 80s, maybe even into the 90s. He um, does the song You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, which is one of the best Christmas special songs ever. Yep. It's so good. It's so much fun. And it's even though not a word of it comes from Dr. Seuss... It captures the absolute spirit um, of Dr. Actually, Seuss. I think it did. So when I was watching it again last what? night, he's listed not only as a producer, but I think he wrote the lyrics. Oh, no kidding. He yeah. wrote the song for the special. Okay, I think I so. Because he, he was he was a producer. I think he and Chuck Jones produced the cartoon, so he was oh. part of it. And I think he did. Don't quote me on that. And if you okay. want to write us in, write to tell us that I'm wrong. That's fine. But mm-hmm. he was actually you know involved. Of course, it'd be much harder to involve Dr. Seuss now as he's dead. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, well, if he you know, wasn't, he, one of these movies would have killed him by now. <laughs> yeah, this one or the Jim Carrey one. Um, no. Now, the fact that they tried to update it and make it relevant and make it a rap song, whatever. Yeah. If that's necessary, fine. But they mumble it. You can't understand a word of what's being said, and it's some of the best part of that special. Yeah. However, you are missing the thing that does make it that that the real benefit. It's very short. 
Well, they use it exactly when you need to use it in the special. It's oh, like, yeah. hey, we're just showing action. Instead of having useless, pointless dialogue like backstory, oh, my parents are dead, we'll <laughs> sing another verse of the song to show you how nasty he is. And mm-hmm. you get great lines like, I've got spiders in my heart and garlic in my soul. Come mm. on. Kids love to sing that. Well, <laughs> kids and, and, you know, people yeah. that are somewhat older like Max and myself. But anyway, they flush it down the toilet. They kind of mumble it in 10 minutes into the movie, and then that's gone. On the other side, they keep the Who's Christmas song the same, which is, I was really worried they were going to mess with that. And that, you know, that really is Christmas to me, that whole Fahu, Doreyahu, whatever. We're (laughs) just making this stuff up. That was something that struck me as very kind of jarring. Do you notice... That first off, the Who's sing standard Christmas carols, including yeah. "God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen," which is the only, this is the first time I believe in a Grinch story where they make actual reference to Jesus. Yeah, that and- that kind of threw me because, despite them calling it Christmas and a lot of the and having Santa Claus, it felt always felt in the original kind of non-denominational. Yes, and I'm sure that was done on purpose. Yeah. Um. You know, the other thing that really bothered me was watching the the special again. It's like they kept Seuss's dialogue. They kept his writing, which is kind of the strength of it. I mean, the visuals are great, too. Don't get me wrong. It's one of Chuck Jones' better efforts. But they left out all of the invented words and all the cool meter, and they made up their own, and it's not good. That's like true. the rhymes, the narration in this just were like, okay. And when they would lapse into the actual Seuss dialogue, you knew, you could tell. It's like, oh, this is the good stuff. And up, oh, we're back to the mayonnaise. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there was a real distinction, you could tell, between the actual stuff from the book and the, and the stuff that was thrown in by whoever wrote this. Uh, notice how they left out the part where Cindy Lou, who is no more than two, is now yeah. part of aspiring. <laughs> yes, who is basically, you know, like the three investigators or the famous five or some such. Oh, go ahead and name somebody people might have heard of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Jupiter I, Jones, yeah. Pete Crenshaw, and the third kid whose name I always forget. Bob someone. His name actually was Bob something. Cratchit. <laughs> no, no. All I remember is he was re- he was called Records. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, I oh, only yeah. read one. I only read The Secret of Terror yeah. Castle. Terror no, I, Castle. I read every one of them. Yeah, Jupiter, they all had titles. Well, Jupiter was first investigator. Pete right. was second investigator. And Bob, who had a leg brace, was records. I remember Pete was the athletic one. Yeah. Um, Jupiter Jones was the one who, looked, appar- who uh, looked like Alfred Hitchcock, apparently. Well, he did a good impersonation of yeah, him. And they got yeah. to ride around in these solid gold model tier. Or no, the Rolls Royce, whatever <laughs> the Rolls it was. Rolls Royce, yes. Yeah, they, the only reason I got that was it was those things back in um, grade school where Scholastic, in the fall, would send you the little thing where you could order books. You would oh. order them, forget you'd ordered them because they wouldn't show up until the spring <laughs> where you'd get your book and your copy of Dynamite Magazine. Oh. Um, and and, you know, but anyway, that was yeah. just explaining a reference, which yep, yep. I actually spoke to somebody today and said, you know, we're never doing that. Too yeah. bad if you don't get our references. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the kids, I mean, I got to say, I was really dreading what they were going to do to Cindy Lou Who. I thought she was going to be like a wisecracking pop culture referencing. I think, you know, nobody had a cell phone. There were no Twitter jokes. 
I, I thought she was okay. She was cute and intelligent without being really annoying. But again, she's entirely unnecessary. Well, and her little gum-chewing, you know, soon-to-be punk friends, except there aren't any punks in Whoville because everyone's <laughs> nice, yeah. um, are going to, you know, are, are kind of the same way. Um, we learn. I mean, obviously, her her best friend Grouper Flounder, pick a fish, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> is kind of. <laughs> I swear he's going to grow up to be the gay best friend. <laughs> um, thank you, Patton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those other two kids are just like along for the ride because there are three. She sets a whatever. There are three. Other, sets, yeah, I know you don't notice because they had two, three. They're pretty interchangeable. Oh, that's right. They had Velma. Yes, um, yes, they did. They, they well, actually, she looked a lot like uh, the sad one from um, the Pixar film you oh, talked about. Out. Yeah, it yeah. Little, did look a little like sadness in a muffler. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing. I need my friends to set up this plan. Well, apparently you don't no. because Christmas Eve, they're all home. Nobody yeah. is there to help capture Santa Claus, which, yeah. So let's get to that part. So we okay. have this subplot mm-hmm. where, you know, and remember, folks, we said spoilers in the opening theme. If you we didn't did. listen to the theme, because this is episode seven, no, 18, uh-huh. um, we had to renumber. Mm. Uh and you didn't notice we were going to do spoilers. Spoilers. So she wants to capture Santa Claus because she feels bad for her mom. Because, and this is the other part of Whoville I don't get because it's all nice and everyone's friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Cindy Lou Who, whose name we don't care about. Um, Do- Donna. No, no, we don't care about. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, she has to work all night and she has to stay up all day taking care of the kids. We don't know where Mr. Who went, because uh, that's never even mentioned. I'm wondering if the Grinch is actually a deadbeat dad. Well, see, I kept waiting if they were going to get married. Yeah. Who knows? But the thing is, it's like, oh, I want to talk to Santa Claus so I can do something nice for my mom. And then they forget. And it's <laughs> like, you're watching this. It's like, oh, they invite him to dinner. They do the whole roast beast thing. And the credits start rolling. And it's literally like, oh, right. Subplot. Uh, uh, show him doing something. Oh, look, he, he creates inventions so she doesn't have to watch dishes. It's literally like, we're going to make this up and then forget. So, you know, then last minute. Um, and it was a dumb plot anyway. It's just, you know. Well, it was it was a nice idea. It just didn't belong in this movie. Because, well, what the hell? It, what, who, the, the harried working mother, that's a who trope? Never mind the fact that we watch them. Every single Who store closes at night. They yeah. all go home. It's the beginning of the film. Yeah, night shift at what? I don't know. She she works at Amazon stuffing boxes, and if she doesn't make her quota, they fire her ass. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to um, tell. But it's just like, uh, you know, it... Uh, and this is the point where I, I, I have coworkers and, and other people who won't go to movies with me anymore. Thank you, Weasel. Uh, who say, you think too much. And it's like, well, I didn't bring this up. You did. You know, the film decided to make a point of this and I'm allowed to go. That does not make sense. And it doesn't. So uh, okay, there's supposed to be a contrast. There's yeah. supposed to be nice people and the Grinch. And in this case, we have... Pretty much everyone's nice people except for the orphanage, the inexplicable <laughs> orphanage, in which there seems to be not another who. There's not yeah, even there's, an adult. We don't see any other. There are no other orphans. There are no, no caretakers. What? No. And now the, the, all the rest of the film where we're looking at Whoville, could you imagine the rest of the town just ignoring this child who's walking around alone? Of course you know, not. Like, no. He would have been adopted in five minutes. 
so we've got this orphanage thing, and then we've got this um, mom who works all night for some unknown reason that we, you know, it never divulged. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a Grinch who's just sort of, you know, depressed, <laughs> kind of cranky occasionally. People, when people say, it's like, well, you're overthinking the plot. It's like, well, they made the plot more complicated. They're encouraging you to think about it, but they didn't think about it. So it, it's full of holes. A so, lot. So speaking of other differences, what do we think of Fred, the addition of Fred the Reindeer? Well, he sure it's a good thing he was there because he um, sure put an extra 10 minutes into the film. Again, visually, I thought there was a lot of fun visual humor with him. Oh, he's very cute. I'm sure they'll sell a lot. I mean, he's very <laughs> memorable. Yeah. Um, and But the thing is, is he, again, goes to prove that the Grinch really isn't so bad. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Fred's family shows up when he needs Fred to pull the sled, and he sees the love between Fred, his wife, and his kid, and he's like, oh, okay, you can go. <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell? This isn't the Grinch. Uh, yeah. yeah, and again, oh. it as far as the story goes, it does reveal aspects of the Grinch's character. As the plot, it does nothing, because it all, I thought, oh, God, they're going to rewrite that part of the story. The idea is, you know, he needed a reindeer. The Grinch looked around, but since reindeer is scarce, there were none to be found. And so he turns his dog into a reindeer. Right. In, in a really funny sequence where they he straps a horn that's too big for him. And uh, I thought, oh, wow, they're going to... They're, Max is not going to pull the sled. He's not going to be the reindeer. That's a bold choice. Okay, it's happening anyway. <laughs> I see. So that was fine. all for nothing. Yeah. And they I... undercut... Even, again, this is jumping around a bit, but when he has his come-to-who-Jesus moment, and when the sleigh is... Who's this? Who's this? His name is Who's There you go. Come-to-Who's-this moment. What a friend we have in Who's this. And the sled falls off. He's supposed... His heart grows three sizes. He's supposed to get the strength of ten Grinches plus two. Yeah. And... He gets the strength of Fred the Reindeer and his family, helping him pull the thing back up. Yeah, it's 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 like the, all right. So I, I had a a coworker who is a listener. Hey, Derek, mm-hmm. uh, and he was asking me today at work about this, and he I, he said, "Well, I don't want to ruin the the podcast," and he started asking, and I said, "Well, oh, here's the thing." You like to drink coffee. So when you get your coffee, do you like to pour it into your mug, assuming you don't have to go to work and meet it out over the day? You pour your coffee into your mug. Do you like to sit there for, say, 20 minutes, a half an hour, and enjoy your coffee, your rich, robust taster's choice, whatever you have? (laughs) Or do you like to take your coffee and add about two to three cups of water to make it last longer? (laughs) Which do you prefer? Put it in a larger mug. yeah. Yeah, that's what they're doing here. That's really all they did was say, hey, you know, if we had more crap, we get a longer film. Mm. Um, if you cut out Fred's entire part of that film, it changes nothing. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's... yeah, okay, he helps him lift the sled, but that's the only reason he's there is because they're, he was... Blue meanies! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, down, Fred, Fred, Fred the reindeer. Yeah. And Fred's cute. Fred's yeah. really well designed. He's really well animated. He's fun. And doesn't do anything. He 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 substitutes for Max for twenty minutes, mm. and then he goes away. And there like isn't. He, I thought they were going to do a thing with oh maybe Max gets jealous, and there's going to be a conflict. That nope, 
Or Fred gets shot. I don't know. <laughs> or like Rose Peace got to come from somewhere. <laughs> Santa shows up and goes, all right, Donner, quit screwing around. Come on. That's another thing. And to be fair, this is true of both of the, the uh, film. Well, I'm ignoring Jim Carrey, but the original version, the mm-hmm. book two and this one. And that is, um, so we're all talking about Santa Claus and stuff. How come the presents get there before Santa Claus does? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a point. Well, um, we... And also in this case, speaking of watering things down, so in the original one and the book, the Grinch steals everybody's Christmas presents, and the whole point is everyone comes out and sings and they're happy anyway, because that's the point of Christmas. In this one, they come out and they're pissed. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, yes, Cindy, they're, oh, they're, stuff's they're gone. stunned. Stuff? They're standing around trying to figure out what's going on, and then Cindy is saying, you know, I've ruined this, you know, some. Somehow. Yeah, there's hey. guilt. There's no guilt in Whoville. Yeah. The mighty um, Casey didn't strike out. Well, I'm te- I, obviously, as we have said many years, he didn't want to say it, but it's not Whoville. It's Jewville. <gasps> they're all passing. They are my people. They're all Hebrews. <laughs> and they're just pretending it's Christmas because they don't want to have to explain Hanukkah. And let's face it, Christmas is, I'm sorry, my people. I, I have to say, Christmas is so much more fun than Hanukkah. You know what you well, get you... on Hanukkah? You get socks. <laughs> you get friggin' socks. So- Hanukkah because it's nine days. People say, oh, wow, you get presents for nine days. I says, yeah, that means uh, parents have to do- give you things like socks and underwear and pullovers and and more socks. And maybe you're lucky you get some chocolate coins and a friggin' badly made top. Do I, um, do I detect some uh, bitterness, Max? Not really, because my family was very sensible. My mother never did Hanukkah. We celebrated Christmas as a national holiday. <gasps> oh, yeah. Because, Blasphemy. Well, honestly, some of it was because for a while I was one of the only Jews in my school. Oh. And I didn't, and she didn't want me to have to explain to everybody why, you know, we didn't do Christmas and uh, what the hell Chanukah was and... Why is Levine sitting in the dark lighting candles? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Regardless, yeah, so... It, I love my gefilte. Mm. <laughs> yes, you know, the gefilte is nearing extinction. It's very sad. Oh. Mm. Um, yes, but, so, yeah, I don't think there was anger. I think, the, and again, very quickly, they just launch into the song. Well, it's not very quickly, because you pointed out there's guilt, and all the kids are like, where's our stuff? Where's mm. our stuff? And there's sadness, and like, it's not... They water it down again. They don't make the who's out to be, hey, you know what? This is cool. You know, we got each other. That's what Christmas is about. It's the, the, the great feelings, the community. They water that down. And that's mm. the whole point. That's what's supposed to change the Grinch, not close your eyes if you hear a song and it's great. It's like, no, he's supposed to realize that it's the feeling. It's not the music. Music is nice, but it's an expression of that feeling. And mm-hmm. they water that down, too. And, you know... Whatever. Suddenly, Susan. Um, <laughs> suddenly, just, Seymour. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, salad. Mm. Um, uh, he, he just like uh, close my eyes. Oh, you know, things are wonderful. And then I'm gonna go save the sleigh. Except I can't even do that alone because you know, water, water, water. Um, mm. It's just it got frustrating. And you know, I was trying my best. I really was trying hard not to compare it to the original. But you have to. You can't not. I mean, how can you You're not? A, well, it, you're adapting this story. Right? And the original is part of the culture. It's etched into our popular uh, culture and into our national culture. Everyone Try Dolly knows, Madison. It's delicious. Everyone knows what you mean when someone's, even people who may not have actually watched it. If you say, that guy's being a real Grinch, you know exactly 
what that means. Exactly. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being, it's up there with Ebenezer, the Grinch is up there with Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. As an iconic Christmas figure. It You, you cannot create a new version without being aware of the old one and without knowing your audience is going to be aware of the old one. Although, point of trivia, mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss was not paid by the word. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, Look it up, kids. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and it's like, I, I understand adaptation. I really do. And it mm-hmm. took me a long time to come to grips with adaptation because a lot of times I'd just see a movie and go, ah, it's not as good as the book. Ah, the book was much better. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Wag, 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 Batman. And to be fair, in most cases, that is generally true. And usually the reason it's true is because the people that are adapting something decide that they know better than the original author or so on and so forth. But sometimes, and we talked about this, oh, I'm sorry, we will talk about this. Uh, Time is a little weird here. Uh, We talk about this when we talk about a movie like Lord of the Rings, where there were some editorial choices made, and they needed to be made because the work was just too big to fit even in, what is it, 11 hours worth of film? Yeah. And the person, in this case, Peter Jackson, and what is his partner's name? Philippa? No. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was Philippa. Yeah, who I think was, was doing a lot of the adaptation, really took the books to heart and said, you know, we can carve some stuff out, but we need to only carve out the stuff that's not going to matter, and we need to not make up stuff that's not in there, and I'm looking at you, Hobbit, um, (laughs) that's going to mess stuff up. And so we need to tell the same story, we just need to tell it in a different medium, and Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing. And in this case, we're taking what is ostensibly a 20-page book, on each page of which there is one paragraph, (laughs) and we are turning this into a film. Well, in this case, we're turning it into a 90-minute film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised we didn't go back three generations, like, and then live through their lives until we finally get to, you know, the Grinch's. You know, he's the third one, third Grinch in a row, or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's right. He is the the, what the the Grinch come again, or well, well, we find out there's some sort of genetic background to this. You know, he's green because he inherited the the anti-who. Or it turns out, you know, the Grinch is actually descended from orcs, and that's why they're so unpopular. (laughs) You know, and we've said this many times before, but where there's a whip, there is a way. There's a way, indeed, yes. Yeah, so... uh, I, I got a question for you. What the hell was the deal with the screaming goat? It's a meme. That's what I thought. That was just an attempt to shoehorn an internet meme into this movie, right? That's it. Okay. There are screaming goats. That's that, it. That, That's the joke. The the other thing I didn't particularly like was that weird thing, Mr. Bricklebaum, the one who, who has decided he's the Grinch's best friend. Yeah. That just was... My first thought is, oh, this poor bastard, he's he's mentally unbalanced. <laughs> I, did, I <laughs> he thought is, he was he delusional. He's a who, after all. <laughs> I guess. Are all who's delusional? I mean, that was just well, kind of weird. That, and I gotta say, you know, like I say, I think I like it better than you do for most, except the very end. Where the Grinch, you know, the, has his come-to-dinner moment, where <laughs> the whole thing is, hi, Mr. Grinch, where it's, he's not, first off, he's not being invited to the great feast. You know, where they feast and they feast and they feast, 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 feast. Yeah. He's invited to a family dinner, where admittedly he does get to carve the roast beefs. And, of and, course, like many neighbors and other random people are involved, too. Yeah. And it's... The, one of the things I did like is I thought the pacing was very good. And then at the end, it just grinds to a halt in the snow. And it's just really slow. And, again, 
in the original and in the book, there is no I'm sorry moment. There's no, he just brings the stuff back and then he, yes, the Grinch got to carve the roast beast. That's it. Yeah. And in this, it's like, I've learned my lesson. I know it's all, it's not I hate Christmas. It's I hate being alone. I'm going to go eat worms. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, suddenly it's like, He's wearing a lot of white makeup and black eyeshadow, and he's emo Grinch. <laughs> he's listening to a lot of The Cure and The Smiths. And... Yeah, get that lipstick off, Grinch. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I, and then he has me. to go all the way home. He has to go it all is... the way back out Mount Crumpet. Yeah. And then Cindy Lou, who happens to know where he lives for reasons we don't know since mm. she's four. Yeah. Um, although it's great penmanship for a girl her age. Remarkable. Um Goes all the way up to invite him for for dinner, mm -hmm. which I'm betting she didn't ask mom first, but whatever. Um, so we have to have that long drawn out scene, and then he has to go garsh me <laughs> the Grinch for dinner, garsh, you know, and whatever. And then he has to come back down, and he brings Max with him. And mm -hmm. um, I forget was was Fred there? I don't remember. Uh, no, Fred doesn't show up for dinner. Oh, I, th I assume Fred. Well, had, Fred has gone off and been. <laughs> Yo, Fred might have been at dinner, but might Fred might have been that dinner. might. I'm wondering if roast beast is actually a reindeer, because you know Fred yeah. would. Uh, Fred would fill quite sustenance. a table. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of meat on him. Yeah, it. I you know okay the pacing is fine. So when nothing happens, at least it goes at a decent speed, right? Especially the various scenes of pod racing. Um, <laughs> Because, well, they're, they're you know... Yeah, um, no uh, pod racing, yeah. Um, yes, Mad Cat. Um, <laughs> just unnecessary, unnecessary. Yeah, um, I don't think that nobody needed to make this. I'm Again, no. I am sorry, Benedict Cumberbatch, you did, a nice, you did your best, you did a nice job. I think the voice uh, acting... Miscast, miscast. Just don't think he... He didn't yeah. sound particularly mean. His voice wasn't particularly remarkable. It was kind of annoying. We um, keep coming I, back to it, but there's a reason Boris Karloff <laughs> did this. The Grinch so who, is supposed to be scary. Who would you pick? And you think of a, of somebody? Oh, you know, Bar Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett could do it, although he has, yeah, because he can put more of an edge in his voice when he tries to. Yeah. But somebody with like a really deep, resonant, powerful voice. I mean. Yeah. Hell, also, James Earl Jones or. Well, again, that's a little too Darth Vader, yeah, right? Cause yeah, that, his, he's, it's hard to take his voice and put it somewhere else, especially if you're just hearing the yeah, voice. Yeah, the problem is he, his voice is so distinctive. Yeah. yeah. I have one other little gripe, and it's going to sound little, but it actually made a big difference when I rewatched The Old Grinch. Yeah. The Grinch has perfect teeth. <laughs> uh, Wait, in this or in yeah. the original? In the original, his teeth are amazingly crooked, and it really adds to his character. Even the song describing him, that's true, says, who's the dude with the green fur and the yellow teeth? Yeah, and, teeth. and it's there's this amazing animation of him speaking, and they did something where they, they it's like they drew the teeth very detailed, they're very crooked, and each two separately, and the animation literally just wraps around and shows the exact same image of the teeth while he's talking. It's really cool. Um, and it's just like, there's no doubt that the Grinch is just mean. I liked how expressive this Grinch was, the, ben, the Cumberbatch Grinch, but... There is nothing in this movie to match that moment where, as they say, he gets the idea to be Santa Claus, and he does that, that smile. That smile where his entire face warps. Yes, and that is like the essence of the evil smile, it, and it's perfect. And I don't think anything has ever come close to that. 
No. The one thing that I, I was glad that they kept it to one butt joke, mm. although uh, it, it didn't say juicy. What did it say? What? Uh, the, oh, oh that, yeah, yeah. Go for it. It's like go time. I think it was yeah, go time. Go time. Which, that was it. Um, <laughs> pink satin underwear that say go time on his butt. He's been alone a long time, okay? Uh, not that alone. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't looked this up. I don't know if that's come some sort of subtle meeting in, like, you know, the gay community. I could take a guess. Um, but we didn't need that. Yeah, uh, yeah. We didn't need that. I mean, I'm just glad that, like, there wasn't... And, and this is coming from me, believe it or not. I'm glad there was not a fart or a poop joke. Um, <laughs> well, because... we would have gotten at least one out loud laugh from you. I chuckled a couple. There was a couple I, of there were, I found some of the jokes really funny. I thought some of it worked really well. I liked the way Whoville worked. I liked the, the stores, the way they folded open. I liked the yeah. weird tech they had. And I love the well, fact that the Grinch has all these cool little ridiculous Rube Goldberg, very Dr. Seuss gadgets. I think they were left over from, um, oh, what was that one? Um, Megamind. It's ah, stuff left over from bit. Megamind. Um <laughs> So, did, have we bashed on it enough? Do we want to talk about whether we actually liked it or not? Yeah, I mean, you, you're yeah. all thinking, you're all thinking the same thing, but you could be wrong. You could be. Yeah, let's let's talk about it, Dougie. The roundup. Did you like it? You know what? Now, see, here's the thing. Do I think it's a classic? No. Oh God. Do I think this is honestly going to be remembered all that long? Mm. No. Mm. The end of when I saw it, there were people in the audience who clapped. Ah. So here's my feeling. I think it's unnecessary. I think it's padded beyond belief. Mm. I think there's plot lines that don't go anywhere. I'm sorry, you're not supposed to finish up your story in the credits. That's cheating. Mm. Um, there's unnecessary explanations for things that didn't need to be explained. There's watering down of characters. But you know what? If you're looking for a film to take your little kids to, if you're wanting to go as a family and see something that's just generally kind of nice because there's no meanness in it at all, sure, go ahead. You know what? I love the way it looks. I'm actually tempted to see if there's an art book. I might be interested in looking at the art book because I think mm. that the visuals and the animation, the character design, the way people's um, expressions worked were really well done. Um, like we, you both just said, there actually are some funny gags. There were some a few things that you know, as adults without kids, that we laughed at. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're looking for something that you think you want to take your little kids to, uh, don't bother with teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> not interested. But the little kids who need a movie that's not going to scare them or, or be you know streetwise and cocky and stuff like that, this is a perfectly nice holiday film. It's it's what I call. Fine. It, it's <laughs> how's it's your hair? Fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Makes much more sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where I'm going with okay. this. How about you? Well, I have to say, I went in with the lowest possible expectations. I thought this was going to stink. And did and the film trip over your expectations? The, the film arose <laughs> above them. I mean, the, the film cleared the bar. The bar was exceptionally low. The, you know, they the film just sort of had to you know skip slightly to step over the bar. Uh, I I, I agree with, with a lot of what you said. I think it looks wonderful visually. It's terrific. Uh, I I think some of it is very funny. I think some of it is even touching. I. But you're right. This is not a classic. If the original Grinch didn't exist, this would vanish. And quite honestly, if the original Grinch didn't exist, I don't think anyone would go see this. No. Uh, and I'm going to say, do yourselves a favor. 
because I know there are people out there that are of an age that basically didn't grow up, grow up with this mm-hmm. or for some reason avoided or whatever. Go see that. Seriously. I don't care if you see it before or after. It is 25 minutes. It is 10 bucks buying it digitally. You can rent it for four. Uh, I looked at it and it said it was an hour and 15 minutes. I'm like, what? It turns out there's actually two other films in there with it. Oh. Um, it's it's 25 minutes. It's all it needs or buy the book. And actually, that's a great idea. Want it, if you're looking for a gift for somebody and you want to give them the real thing, give them the book. Mm. But it it does everything it needs to do. It's, it's, it's a... Re- Especially if you compare these two things together, it's an amazingly efficient, well-told story, and it's 25 minutes. And I look at this, and it's a mess. And they had lots more money, and they had lots more talent, they had lots more time, and it did not equal a better product. I didn't think it was a mess. I just think it's... Oh, for storytelling? Yeah. It's a mess. Oh, they do add a lot of stuff they don't need. But as a movie, Pod racing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, movie. There was there was no there was no uh, uh, rock climbing. I'll give you. There it was that. no rock climbing and no sandstorm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's a de- it's a nice little holiday movie. It is. I do not believe destined to become a classic. No. And uh, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. So if you if you want to see it, it won't hurt you. It won't hurt anyone. But it's not that great. No, it's not. Yeah. But again. For, for little kids and families, enjoy. Yeah. Um, if you disagree with us and you'd like to tell us you disagree with us, there's a number of ways you can do so. Yes, there are. One, one of them is using our awesome new email address, mm-hmm. which is simply us at maxmikemovies.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow us and leave comments on our Facebook page, it's at guess Max Mike Movies. Hey, we're on that, that, what do they call that thing with the bird? The twonker. Tweet, tweet. The twonker. <laughs> uh, Twizzler. 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 We're on the Twizzler. <laughs> We're on the Sizzler. Yeah. Um, we can find us on Twitter at Plort. That's what we call the at symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Mike Movies. We also have our website where if this is your first episode listening to us and you want to go and listen to all our other episodes because we're brilliant, I know, mm-hmm. then you can find us at MaxMikeMovies.com. Or on your favorite podcasting app. Such as the Google or the Apple iTunes mm-hmm. podcast app. There we are. You can yeah. subscribe and give us thumbs up or whatever they do. Like us, won't um, you? And uh, two stars. So, and uh, next week, the series of in theaters now continues with a film chosen by Mike. <laughs> Mike, what are we seeing next week? We are going to see Fantastic Beasts and How to Kill Them. I thought it was How to Cook Them. Isn't this like? Uh, isn't this like the story of like Julia Child in her safari days? Uh, I, you know, I'd like to see that. That'd mm. be actually kind of fun. Oh, bon appetit! Oh, uh, so yeah, we're gonna... a cadavra. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Are you shipping, Max? <laughs> yes, I am. Damn it! I want to. I want to see. Expelliarmus! I wanted to see Snape and Julia Child get together. I think they would have been great. <laughs> Use the garlic; it would hurt more. <laughs> Don't. I do a best. terrible Arab Alan Rickman. <laughs> Yeah, so we will be yeah. seeing Fantastic Beasts and How to Kill Them. And where, honestly, where, I don't where remember. Where to find them. Where well, to find, no, actually, that was the first one. Yeah, that's right. This one is uh, The Crimes of, of uh, Whimsy Ward, or whatever his name is. Grindelwald. Grindelwald, yes. The Crimes of Johnny Depp. Oops, that's a different movie. That'll be uh, that, coming later. That's, a, that's uh, a series, I think. 
Yeah, that film opens next uh, Thursday, yep. so uh, Max and I will hurry to the theaters and see it so you don't have to. <laughs> um, but until, until that time, mm-hmm. uh, I will be Mike Luce. And I remain the holly jolly Max Levine. And we hope to see or listen, have you listen to us. Um, maybe we'll listen to you. Yeah, send us comments. We'll listen to you uh, here at Max Mike Movies. Yep. Have a good week, folks. Bye. Bye. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.